Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck. Hi, and I'm Paige Peck. Yeah, today we are going to be talking about escaping emotional bondage before it even starts. Oh, goodness, that is a good topic. Yeah, that is a really good topic. In fact, I think that a lot of people feel like that when emotional stuff happens, maybe you call it baggage, maybe you call it bondage, maybe you call it just... I feel emotional, you know, whatever it is, when it happens, that it has to happen for some reason. And they wish sometimes that it didn't happen because it takes a lot of time <laughs> and because it, it takes a lot of energy out of yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of thing. But, you know, there are other options and there are ways to stop that from taking over your time and your energy and all the other kind of stuff. And actually help you have more productive communications with other people mm-hmm. before, sure. yeah, before that emotional moment even hits you, which is awesome. So that's what we're going to talk about today, but we're not going to do it yet. We, we <laughs> are going to, yeah, I know, but we are going <laughs> to first talk about um, a fun family activity that you can do with your family. I mean, I don't know if you can ever have enough fun family activities, right? Because we need to be bonding and uniting as a family, coming together and doing things. So we have been on this croquet kick lately. (laughs) That's true. You guys have been. We have been on a croquet kick. In fact, Paige was visiting uh, just this last weekend, and we're like, got to play croquet. Let's play croquet. I'm like, okay, (laughs) here we go. Anyway, I love croquet and I love it because when I was a child, we played croquet. Wow. I mean, almost every day, there were a few summers in a row where it was nearly every day we'd play this game. And my friend, her backyard and side yard were the croquet alley it was the place that we played and it was so fun and as soon as all the children would come outside we would just meet there and (laughs) set up the croquet and it was so fun and we played croquet with these rules we called them poison rules oh i know i know there's a lot of different ways to play croquet but this is how we played it and it's a lot of fun and and it's a lot of fun yeah i think the cool thing about it is it's outdoors which is nice it's slow paced so any age person can do it, really. I mean, even little toddlers, you can just help them hit the mallet thing. And, and, and if they're too teeny, you just let them hit it around while you actually play a game with the other people, you know, because yeah. it's not a, there's not a lot of danger involved. I mean, you can whack yourself, I guess. <laughs> a ball could maybe hit you. But, but I mean, it's just, it's low key, but it's fun. You can be competitive. You can be silly. You can... Um, seek revenge you know if you feel like you need to when you're um i mean that's that's porter right now you know so we have this rule when we play croquet that if you hit another person's ball you either can take an extra turn or 
you can boot their ball, which means you put your foot on your ball, you take your mallet, hit your ball, and you bonk their ball off in some other directions. That is Porter. You know, right now he's 16. 16 year old Porter's go to. <laughs> the boot is we will boot you <laughs> I'm like, okay anyway so that's one of our little rules that we play with the croquet set um but we also have this rule where when you get to the end so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go through the course go all the way to one side and then you're supposed to go back through all the hoops the other way to the other side and then once you get to the other side so you've done the whole course each hoop twice come back to the other side then once you hit the final stick at the end, then you're poison. And when and you're then poison, you have special privileges. Yes. There's rules. So that means you go and try and kill everybody else. And what, what you do is if you hit them, then they die. But if you go through a hoop, then you die. So anyway, it's just fun. It adds a little bit of excitement, some kind of heightened, you know, fun times anyway just you know look at some of those lawn games you know maybe they're sitting out in the garden shed or the garage or something like that and you bought them because you played them for a family reunion one time or you know you were gonna do this but you just haven't really gotten it out for a while those types of things are fun yeah because you've got like bocce ball or lawn darts or you know whatever else badminton volleyball i mean there's so many different yard games that you can play absolutely but croquet is just one that i don't know when i think of a summer night or like a spring night because it's springtime right now when we're recording this one and i just think croquet is fun (laughs) so someone's going to listen to this one time in the winter and they're going to be like you're funny great idea (laughs) great idea but i've got like a foot of snow on my grass or wherever you're going to play that's when you just move it indoors and use like puffy balls balls. yeah you'd have to use balls or i don't know yeah that's a little bit more yeah intense the mallets are the problem really with the indoors (laughs) but you could you could do it indoors i say we try it this this winter (laughs) we're gonna give it a try i like okay (laughs) good creative ideas there never never a dull moment with Paige. always the creativity coming through (laughs) it doesn't necessarily always turn out the way it looks in my head but (laughs) it's always fun (laughs) there is that oh there are so many fun indoor things maybe we'll have to come up with some of those for for next time that we that we have done we have done some fun Mm -hmm. indoor crazy stuff that have worked true occasionally you're right they don't work (laughs) (laughs) that's that's part of experimentation and learning about life (laughs) it's sort of the the memory of it anyway right oh yeah So that's kind of fun. All right. So let's talk about emotional bondage and trying to escape that before it even starts. We always view the topic on the Teaching Self-Government podcast through, surprise, surprise, the lens of self-government. There you go. You filled in the blank just (laughs) perfectly. And you can find a lot more information than we ever get a chance to share here on Mm teachingselfgovernment.com. So if you want to find more about making a self-governing environment in your home, that's a good place to check. So Paige, how would you describe self-government? Well, let's see. Self-government is 
as we like to say it, being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yeah, that's true. Which means that a person has a plan. Right. That they're not just going with the flow. Well, and that they're aware. Yeah. That, that's a big one, actually. That you're, you're planning on being aware before you even take a step. Mm-hmm. That you're planning on assessing what's happening with your actions, with your thoughts, your intentions, the condition of your own heart. You're examining yourself and making adjustments all of the time. That equals freedom. So anyway, and that's what we want is freedom. So we are going to talk about freedom and bondage today. Uh, There's emotional bondage and there's emotional freedom. So what is emotional bondage? I would say that emotional bondage is feeling like you can't choose to feel a different emotion than what is situational. Hmm. So like you're trapped. Right. Feeling like you have to feel these things or they're there and there's no escape. And, or, you know, feeling like, well, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. Feeling like you have to feel the feelings that are present. Mm. Well, and and in a way there's like an entitlement there then, right? Yeah. If I get a feeling and I don't do something about it, some people feel like then then they'll explode or something will go wrong within Mm -hmm. themselves if they don't actually get that feeling out and dump it, you know, in some way on another person or whatever. Um, And so that is a really tight feeling, isn't it? Like a feeling where you feel it's an anxious feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anxious is good because there's a lot of anxiety that goes with that. When you feel like you have to tell something, mm-hmm. it's like a craving that won't go away and it gets stronger and stronger as the emotion builds. Doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder, maybe that's why women gossip. Why? Because they get a craving? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I actually think that's probably true. <laughs> Gotta I, tell I, someone. Ah. Yeah. Well, mm. and, and the thing is, is we bond with each other through our talking. And, it's true. And, and we emotionally bond with each other, too. I mean, that's the thing. When you think of the people you love the very most, it's deeper than just words or you know what you did for some activity i mean it's so much deeper like there is an emotional connection and an emotional bond that happens with the person where you just really understand that person i know with my husband like i understand what he's thinking before anything even comes out of his mouth the majority of the time right so i just (laughs) know because there's that connection Mm because we've been together for so long and with a lot of my children it's the same way um and that happens when you're really close to another person. So, so emotion isn't uh, like always a bad thing, right? I mean, there, it serves some really great purposes and helps with connections with people and, and making investments in other people and stuff like that. But it absolutely can put us in a place of bondage. In fact, I usually like to think of emotional freedom as strength being emotionally strong Mm, that is good 
yeah an emotional bondage is more of a state of weakness like with your emotions where but i think i think it's also a state of lack of skill oh for sure it is because i think like so you lack said, of knowledge weakness and lack of knowledge Oh, I think you're totally right. I love that. Because that's really where it's at. If you feel like you have to, you're required to emotionally unload or to do something emotionally, then... Or emotionally attach. Then that means that you don't know another skill, another way. You've never experienced something different. And so, of course, you're going to think that's what you have to do, right? Right. Well, because that's especially that's what society does really really well yeah and as much as i'm a really logical person i actually also am, uh, would be considered a, i would think a very emotional person <laughs> but you don't really? let your emotions control you well but, but i use them still so so i think that's important like my emotions confusing to some people i know i am i use my emotions to bond with people Mm -hmm. and to look inside another person and to value them and see what's going on in there and that kind of thing. And I love deeply and I care deeply, which is a strength. Yeah. So that's an emotional strength. But another thing I do is I can say, Oh, you know what? That's an emotional trap right there. (laughs) And I'm not going for that. And so to me, that's also emotional strength. So there's like an awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That comes and Paige, I would put you as an emotional person too. Oh, very much so. I guess you see, quote unquote, I get very emotional, but not out of control. But yeah, I'm I'm very much like you. We're very very similar in that regard. Yeah. So because you really do care deeply about mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and you serve people and love people, and and the emotions serve you really well there, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So that's a that's where people are like, no, emotions aren't bad. There's good things that go with emotions. Yes, there are good things that go with emotions, but our emotions can trap us. Ooh, they can trap us. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, being emotionally trapped. Okay. Um, When you're emotionally trapped, you you have the feeling that you have to give in to the emotions or that the emotions are somehow the pa- the power that is going to carry you through which they're not no that's when you know you're trapped because lots of times in that stage you're not thinking clearly because when you're focusing on your emotional stuff which is your midbrain maybe even back brain you are not in front brain (laughs) going into some brain anatomy (laughs) you are not in front brain and front brain is where all of your logical processing happens right the lovely prefrontal cortex exactly so and so that is uh that you you kind of fall from thinking (laughs) yeah is basically what happens and And i do not begin emoting yeah and so and i feel like when a person is strong they can think and bond and connect at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should trade out one for the other. But when someone truly is in emotional bondage, they do trade out one for the other. Yeah. And their thinking gets all muddled up and gets very, very selfish. Because their thinking Ooh, then is yeah. just about them and how they feel all of the time. I think you hit on something really big there is that emotional bondage is more of a selfish place. A selfish frame of mind. Yeah, and when you're emotionally strong, it's about other people. 
yeah, you're thinking, okay, wait a minute. What do I not understand about that person? Um, what type of benefit of the doubt do I need to give them? Right. And so you're constantly thinking about how you're relating to that person. What, what could I be doing that maybe needs adjustment or is wrong or whatever? Right. right. And, and I think that's, that's when you're strong, when you can evaluate. So let's talk about escaping this bondage before it starts, because let me tell you what, when you're in the bondage. Oh, it's so hard to get out. It's hard to get out because you, your dialogue that's going on in your head is that selfish dialogue. And so it's like, I need, I need, they're doing this to me. I feel, I feel, I feel. And, and when you're stuck in that place, you can't even make really good decisions and so let's let's try to figure out what we can do to help ourselves then to escape this emotional bondage before it even starts now Paige we've been through a lot of years together let's see oh every one of the years of your life wow. and so <laughs> imagine so, that imagine okay so we have done a lot of recognizing right I'd Recogn say yeah a lot of emotional training yeah, we have. Because quite frankly, if there was one child that was going to get an attitude problem, <laughs> sorry, Paige, it was going to be you. Yeah. Oh, I already know. <laughs> yeah, because you have a really strong personality and a lot of confidence and a lot of just, I don't know. Fire. About, yeah, but also like that, like leadership quality, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've always kind of had that. Where it's like, no, I know the way, let's go, <laughs> you know, and you're just not afraid to step out and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it also could be a stumbling block to you because you could push too hard maybe or not stop understanding other people. And we mm -hmm. had to work on that, right? Yeah. In fact, we had to work on it quite a bit, especially yeah. as I got into my early teens. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, I mean, even the later teens a little. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, no. <laughs> I was an angel by that yeah, point. I'm kidding. You were, you were pretty good. But I do remember this 16-year-old that wanted to tell everybody what to do all the time. Yeah. And we were like, well, that's not really your role. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for playing. Yeah, you lose. <laughs> um. <laughs> exactly. Oh, not lose but learn how about that you there learn yeah. <laughs> you will learn okay so um so let's talk about what we need to recognize what are some of the things that over the course of your lifetime that you have felt have have helped you recognize maybe what's happening around you so that you don't have to be emotional because that, I think that's the key thing is if you can see the situation almost like step back just a little bit see that situation and, and be able to pull stuff out of that situation that helps you analyze it better, then you're not going to fall into the traps, right? So what are some of those things that have helped you? Maybe some skills that we've worked on um, or some knowledge that you've had. I think, I don't know, I had, I had a harder time, I know when I was younger, um, sometimes accepting no answers which is one of the skills that we teach in teaching self-government. And because of that, you know, there's a lot of consequences that I earned, whether they were, you know, natural consequences or synthetic consequences. Mm -hmm. And so I think, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a joke that we have that I will pretty much always find the hardest way to do something. 
<laughs> it's like you have to test it out. Yeah. yeah. And then- <laughs> so that has, you know, proven to be true a lot, but um, not and intentionally. Then, yeah, that's true. But and then somebody could- says, oh, Paige, what about this way? And, and I go, oh, like, wow. <laughs> what a notion. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so it's, it's because of that, you know, I've had to do things the hard way or learn a few things the hard way. And have those consequences, you know, or feel, have those feelings that like, oh, I did something I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, so you're saying just cause and effect has been a big thing. Yeah. So you, you stopped. But also, making- but having that cause of cause and effect, but also having the training to not take it personal when it does happen or to interpret it the wrong way. Right. I do know we had a lot of conversations about not taking it personal. That was <laughs> but a big... you're really good at that now, not taking things personally. Actually, you really are. In fact, because of that, I mean, your friends really come to you with all kinds of things and it doesn't weigh you down Mm-mm. because you can just go, well, okay, I'm not <laughs> going to take this personally. You know, or at least for the most part, hopefully that happens. Nobody's probably perfect at it, but we need to constantly remind ourselves, right? That Mm -hmm. we need to not take things personally. Okay. So you're saying cause and effect was a big thing for you when there were negative consequences and positive consequences that helped you learn cause and effect along the way. Mm -hmm. But, and that you had a hard time accepting no answers. Now, I don't know if people under, you know, hearing this even know what that means. I mean, it seems, it seems like a common thing, but like, what does it mean to accept a no answer? What are the four steps for accepting a no answer? So you look at the person, keep a calm voice, face and body, say, okay, or ask to disagree appropriately, which is an entirely different skill, and then drop the subject. Yeah. And then drop the subject. That's which is really hard. hard. That's the hardest part, right? To just not think about it anymore and say and to be it's done. okay because really dropping the subject means okay, I'm I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay with the final decision, right? Whether it comes from a person or from nature. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Like you can you can say, oh, I've got this, you know, great party I'm gonna go to, and boom, I'm sick. Yeah, shoot. Well, the sick is a no answer, right? Yeah. So what do you do? You look at the situation. I'm sick. You acknowledge that. Okay, I'm sick. That means I can't go to the party. So I look at the situation. I keep a calm face, voice, and body about it. I don't cry that I can't go to the party. I just go, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, what's the truth in there? That's how it goes. Then so I just say okay about it. I can't disagree appropriately with my sickness very well. I could could try to take meds, right? Like I could. I could say, okay, well, I'm going to take some meds and see if that will help me. That might be disagreeing appropriately with a sickness. <laughs> but, but anyway, and then, um, and then you are just going to drop the subject. So every person that talks to you, you're going to talk about more than the sickness and how you couldn't yeah. go to the party and how you couldn't go to the party. Because then you would fall into the woe is me, whining, seeking negative attention. If you always have to talk about everything that happens bad to you. Right? There has to be more layers to a person than that. Surely mm-hmm. there's going to be good things. And so a person who drops the subject actually can t- start talking about new topics wow. and can talk about new subjects. They can study, they can learn, they can do a puzzle. They can do something else besides say, I can't go to the party. I can't go to the party. Like they can talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's interesting, like you do see a difference there 
uh, like right now we're in the whole COVID-19 thing, right? And there are some people that they can literally talk about nothing else, right? That's all they ever talk about. Well, maybe it's because they don't know what else to talk about. Maybe it's, it's in the forefront of their mind, but maybe they're also just not dropping the subject too. I mean, like if they, Oh, all my soccer games got canceled. Dang it. Yeah, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't well, do this. Negative, yeah. yeah, there's a point where you got to drop the subject. So That's how- actually another point of having emotional bondage is always focusing on the negative things. Oh, that's so true. Because that you are, because you're replaying them again and again and again in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Reliving. The so horror. true. The horror <laughs> of a no answer. Or the personal hurt. <laughs> yeah, which is going to happen all the time. So... So when we look at these no answers, um, if you know what those four steps are to accepting a no answer, because you do, because you've learned them from the time you were like, I don't know, a year old, we started working <laughs> with you on that, you know, as soon as you could talk, we were like, say, okay. Yeah. In fact, that was, your first word was mama. I made sure of that one. And then your second, <laughs> and then Good your job, second, <laughs> yeah, you Poor can dad. train, you can train a baby on that one. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would be like you'd be on the little dressing table. I'm changing your diaper or changing your clothes, and I'd be, ma, and I, I would be like running it, and so that you would try to mimic me, so that you wouldn't start going da. No, 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 no. We wanted ma. I know it's a little selfish, but it's true. Okay, so after mama for you came okay. Okay, okay, because I worked on okay, okay. I would, I would say we're gonna put on your shoes, okay. Anyway, I digress. That's not what we're talking about today. We'll talk about, we'll talk about babies another day. But, I love that. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes. So okay, right? You learn how to say that from the time you're a little person. You know the skill, accepting a no answer. So then, when life hits you with something hard, okay. Let's say you. Um, you get pulled over for a speeding ticket. I hope that would never happen to you, Paige, but you never know. Okay. Anyway. So we'll just uh, breeze right by that one. <laughs> okay. Well, so if Paige does get one and I find out about it, I will have to accept the no answer too and say, okay. Anyway, such as it is. I mean, you're an adult. You have to handle those problems on your own. But anyway, um, so she would then go oh this is one of those no answers actually this is actually one of those consequences from not following an instruction so that's a whole other skill set there's five steps for following instructions and if you don't follow instructions and accept no answers there's like Paige said natural consequences and synthetic consequences but she would just know okay well I that's a no no speeding I need to remember that do it drop the subject you know but for a child maybe it looks like um they recognize that somebody you know is going to tell them they can't do something they can't go out and play well a mom or dad would say that's a no answer remember how to accept a no answer and all of a sudden you would appeal to the logic of the person and they wouldn't have to go to an emotional bondage place Mm -hmm. so if Paige knows that um, she, you know, whatever it is, I mean, maybe you don't get to be a part of some program at the school that you wanted to, you, you tried out for a role in a play and you don't make it. That's a no answer. 
It right? is. And yeah. it has happened before. You go to the store, there's no toilet paper left. That is a no answer. <laughs> you know? It's kind of a doozy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now in COVID, that's like the funny thing, right? Is the toilet mm-hmm. paper. But, um, but that's what it is. It's like, I mean, are you going to get angry? Or are you going to go yell at the store? Well, and or, a lot of things like you know, no answers. There's the subject. Sometimes it's a lot of things that you can't even control. So what's the point of getting all frustrated? Yeah. Well, and uh, let's say, you know, it's election time, let's say, and your candidate doesn't win. Darn. That's a no answer, you know? Yeah. Um, you were making a special dinner for your family. It burned. Guess what? That's a no answer. So, wow. <laughs> so when you know what a skill is and you have an understanding, then you don't have to take it personally that you burned the dinner or that your candidate didn't win or that you don't have to spend how many years if a presidential candidate doesn't win for somebody, are they going to be angry for four years? Possibly eight. <laughs> right? <laughs> are they going to be, I mean, how, do you really want to take on that much emotional bondage? It's so you know, exhausting. I mean, you still may not agree with the views of the person in office, but does that mean that you have to put yourself in emotional bondage over it? No, just... And, do something yourself to make yeah, it better. Just take action instead yeah. of emotional. Yeah, take physical action, not emotional action. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now that could be misinterpreted. We don't want anybody uh, attacking. Oh, true, physically. true. Not that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> That's not what you mean. Don't take negative emotional action. Okay. <laughs> but when you, but I think it's a good point. You when you say take action, um. Because like a lot of people, when they're feeling emotional, they don't do anything. They just sit there and complain. Aha. Uh-huh. You have hit something major. They shut down. Yeah. Yeah, because and they all start blaming of, other people. Because all their energy is being taken up with complaining. The, the emotional. The yeah. So we're not saying emotions are bad, but we are saying they can trap, right? Mm-hmm. If you um, don't know how to properly analyze them yeah because emotions can be good i think we made a good point for that yeah but but they also can absolutely trap so if you know how to accept a no answer you are a step ahead if you know how to follow an instruction which has its five steps Mm -hmm. then you are a step ahead if you know what it means to be have a calm face voice and body and you've set that for a standard for yourself then when something comes you can analyze yourself quickly and go do i have a calm face voice and body no, I need to get to that place where I have a calm face, voice, and body. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if you know, if you understand that consequences in life, whether natural or synthetic, are a principle of life, they're just part of it. Mm-hmm. Then when something comes your way, like a speeding ticket, or like you miss your airplane and they say you can't get on, or <laughs> whatever it is, you know, then you can say, all right, that's a consequence. I've got to accept it. That that's a consequence. Mm-hmm. I actually did not perform to the best of my abilities just there. That's how it goes. Oh, darn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do better next time. I mean, that's all you can do, you know? Really? And, um, and honestly, that's all people should really not necessarily expect, but well, yeah. Like if you mess up, it happens. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't mean we look for... If it does it over and over and over again, then that's the problem. But. Yeah, well, but that doesn't mean that, you know, um, that doesn't mean you go, oh, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean you take on a nonchalant, I don't care attitude. No. 
you always are caring and you're always working on it. But a person who has a, let's call it a repentant mindset, a person who's always trying to fix their problems is going to be a person who is hopefully ready to accept any tiny bit of progress, which means it, it's not going to be perfect every time, but if you're going in the right direction, you're going to have more of those opportunities to, to notice it, something happened that was good, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I actually tell parents to praise their children all the time and, and to praise other people because that helps you also recognize when it's good so that when it's bad, it's not such a big deal either because you know the good is still happening. The progress is happening. Right. Even though you're not perfect. And that's big. Yeah. So I would say that no answers. They're a really, really big part of recognizing that emotional bondage. I would say that's really, really big. And being able to follow instructions is also a huge one. So along with all of those, we wanted to keep talking about um, something else that really affects emotional bondage and emotional freedom and what kind of makes the difference there. And one of those is communication styles, which oddly enough is one of my favorite topics of self-government because I think it's one of the most crucial. Well, that's because it's vital understanding. If you yeah. know how people communicate, just like if you know skills, if you know certain skills and you understand the principles of consequences, then you can, you can recognize more that's happening around you so that you don't have to be trapped by it, but you can assess it. Mm -hmm. The same thing with how people communicate. If you recognize the different ways that people communicate and you have knowledge in that, then when somebody's coming at you in a way that normally might be abrasive or pitiful or whatever <laughs> it happens to be, then you can look at it in a different way. You can say, okay, wait, they're communicating like this. Why? Mm -hmm. Or they're communicating like this because they feel like they need to, to how come that is, you know, and, and you can not take it personal. Really? Right. So when you're able to analyze where someone is coming from based on their mode of communication, it actually makes a huge difference in how you tend to react to a situation. Yeah. So there's four different styles of communication. There's passive, mm -hmm. passive, aggressive, aggressive, and then assertive communication. And we're all about the assertive communication because that means oh, you, yeah. you have a plan. You know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you're cool and collected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't just fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Assertive is, is the only communication style that is... Uh, complementary to emotional freedom. True. Yeah. Well said. That's true. Um, so passive is when you're a victim. Okay. That's a lot of crying and whining and oh, it never happens right. And shutting down. A lot of shutting down can happen mm -hmm. with passive. Um, and then aggressive is obviously aggressive. <laughs> Looks um, a little out of control. <laughs> It looks like yelling, grabbing, touching, um, taking, you know, a, a lot of things to, to try to control. Now, here's the thing. Passive, passive-aggressive, or aggressive communication, they're all manipulative mm -hmm. communication styles. And that's why assertive is the best, because it is not manipulative. It is it's just, planned. It's yeah. honest. Calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different. So, um, so then passive aggressive, this is an interesting communication style. I always tell people passive aggressive communication is what 
aggressive people start doing when they realize it looks stupid to be aggressive. <laughs> now, oh, shoot. Um, okay. <laughs> I look out of control. Maybe I'll switch. So then they try to look very controlled. And it looks like I put up a wall or I have an attitude. I'm going to say so. But I'm smart. not lashing out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there might be some mild complaining in an effort to control in a different way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Passive aggressive, I would think for adults is probably the most common. Oh, actually. yeah. Yeah. And well, that's where children and teenagers learn it from anyway. Yeah. And actually, that's why teens do it a lot because mm -hmm. their parents practice passive aggressive communication um, and occasionally aggressive or occasionally passive. But I would say the majority of parents get a little, uh, a, a little snide when mm -hmm. they, you know, mm -hmm. when they're talking to their children, they get a little uh, rude. And, and so passive aggressive is very rude. Obviously aggressive can be rude as well. You don't usually see that with passive yeah. communication. And all of them are emotionally manipulative, like mm -hmm. we mentioned. Yeah. Most children start out passive. Um, some might go from passive to aggressive really quick. Like sometimes you see those you know, toddlers terrible that, twos that bite everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to bite everybody. I'm going to hit everybody. I'm kicking. I'm smashing. I'm, you know, whatever. And then they experiment with that, you know. And I think everybody tries them all out actually. So if you know what these things oh, yeah, look like, agree. then that sets you free too, because if you know how to analyze it, if you've seen it, if you've seen all the different communication styles in other people, then guess who else you can recognize them in yourself. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> what a shocker. I know you can recognize these communication styles in yourself and that sets you free because mm -hmm. in, not, not having to react about it if you can recognize oh wait i just did something and i'm like oh shoot i did something blah, blah, blah. you can just say oh i did that mm, let's fix that i think i'll change my communication style now thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah and i think that's a big one you know that is, is that, big yeah because you don't even have a choice if you only have your communication style and you don't know anything different mm -hmm. and i think it's a big one you know a lot of a lot of power struggles could be stopped with yeah. that. So there is, there is one other thing that I would love to mention before we leave this topic. And that is understanding your options, you know? Mm. And so, and, and, and that's kind of what we're talking about here with the communication styles. Well, what are my options in communication? There's styles? different ways that you can communicate, but there's like, there's yeah. even more beyond just communication. There's things you can actually do. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when, when you're in a situation, it's a bad situation people often think, well, I've got to either just be passive. That's one option. Or I've got to fight it. That's another option. Well, I think today I'm feeling lazy. I'll be passive. <laughs> or today I am, I've had enough. I am fighting. And we're going to lash out. Yeah. But there's way more options than that. And we do these exercises in, in the book, Parenting House United. And um, in the teaching self-government implementation course, we, we teach so does which is an acronym not a beverage exactly <laughs> exactly and it it stands for situations options which is what we're talking about right now disadvantages advantages solutions and there's a format that you go through to get to a good solution and to recognize all of your options and their disadvantages and advantages anyway so um 
options. I mean, there are so many options to things. If you recognize, wait, there's a lot of options I might not even see. I've got to go outside the box here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can solve a lot of problems if you're just used to looking for options and you don't have to get trapped in bondage. So let's say that you are auditioning for a, a vocal solo. Okay. Paige, that has happened to you before. Okay. Many a time. Yes. Let's say you're auditioning for a vocal solo and there's another person who, you know, is really good friends with the, the music director. Okay. Who is also auditioning for the same vocal solo. Okay. So you don't get the vocal solo. Dang it. Yep. That's a no answer. Mm. You don't get the, (laughs) yeah. So then you'd say, oh, well, okay. I guess that other person got it. Now, if you were passive, perhaps you might say something like, oh, I'm just not that good. I, you know, I try. Or that always happens. You know, I just don't, I don't ever have the connections that I need yeah, nobody likes me as much. I just, you know, whatever. Okay, that's the passive approach. That's one option. You can take that approach, right? Um, Another option is you can accept the no answer (laughs) when it comes. Which is a good option. Yeah, but some people might not even know that one's the option, an option. And so they might think, some people might complain, or you might take an aggressive approach. And you might, and you might actually go to that choir teacher and say hey um hey you know what i've been in this choir longer just because you like that other person yeah exactly just you know assert yourself that you know everything (laughs) you you can just go and like pick a fight with the choir director which is going to burn a bunch of bridges (laughs) and everything else but if you want to you could do that aggressive thing right or you could pick passive aggressive and you could say you know, to your friends, you could be like, oh yeah, well, you know, so-and-so totally picks favorites, right? Because, you know, they, I mean, I auditioned and clearly I had a better, everybody told me I was better, but yet for some reason, his favorite choir member gets the part, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you can start gossiping Mm -hmm. and making rumors Mm -hmm. and okay. And so that's all passive aggressive communication so there's three options the fourth option is accept the no answer so there's that one and just be chill with it what about is there any other options in that situation yeah actually um i'd say another one is you could contact the choir teacher and set up an appointment to talk to him just say hey you know i'm i'm kind of confused as to you know why this other person got the role um, I understand that, you know, you do know her better. Um, but you know, I do feel like I had a very good performance and I feel like that I would be a very good fit for this role. So is there another option? Maybe we can, you know, do double casting or, you know, can we take turns with this role or, you know, maybe reconsider this. Um, and you know, I do recognize that this other person has strengths that could possibly work well. Um, but this is my side of things. Ah, you know what that's called? It's a whole new skill. Disagree appropriately. It's called disagreeing <laughs> appropriately. This is a very good skill. It's another one of those four basic skills. So yeah, that's always an option. 
you know, which is fine. Um, and that is assertive communication as long as you're not making it all about yourself. Oh yeah. It's about the group, right? Yeah. In fact, I would probably be really tempted to, if I, if I was in that situation to say, could you give me some feedback for what I could have done better yeah. so that next time when I, I try out for chance. something, I have a better chance. Do you know what, how many points that earns you? So <laughs> many, so when many, you're like, so many points. Me, give me feedback, you know? So anyway, um, that's, you know, another way to look at things is what are my options? How many other mm-hmm. options do I have? Because and a lot of times it helps to write it out too. Oh, so totally. See it. Yeah, totally. That's why the sodas exercise is a written exercise. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. go through this written exercise. It helps us make decisions. And we actually have a whole journal that mm-hmm. can be purchased at teaching self government that is just filled with these worksheets. Yeah. It's really powerful to go back and look at them too, because yeah. sometimes you recognize that you have certain experiences that keep happening again and again. You can go back and say, how did I handle it before? Did that work? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good way then. I think I'll just handle the same one. Yeah. No, I've actually, I've actually given journals, sodas journals to friends of mine who have come to me for help. They're like, oh, I can't figure this out. You know, like, there's this situation. I'm like, hold on. Let me get you something. <laughs> Just write it down, right? Let, let me help you think this then through. Come talk to me out. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Everybody needs somebody to help lead the way sometimes, Paige. And, and even though, you know, you're all there, adults, um, sometimes you physically. have to... Some physically adults, sometimes you have to mother along. <laughs> Mentally, not always. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> everyone's still in Well, work actually, in it's progress. not necessarily mentally, it's skills wise. Yeah, that's what it is. Learning skills. And so you're spreading the skills, you're spreading the freedom, you're spreading the good. So that's great stuff. Um, emotional bondage is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It, it is. is. And it happens because a person doesn't understand what they see. Or doesn't know that there's anything different. Yeah, they don't know the skills. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything different. They don't know that they have more choices. And skills and understanding increase your choices. Yeah. They allow for more choices. And so that then that opens the door to your emotional freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful thing. Emotional freedom. Doesn't that sound nice? Oh, yes. I, I remember and it can your, be achieved. <laughs> I remember it can it has be. Been. I'm 21. It's, I have achieved it. <laughs> right. And it's, I mean, we're not perfect every day. Right. No, but like, yeah, but. we, but the, the thing with emotional freedom is if you have it most of the time, when you have a minute where you didn't have it, you quickly recognize it mm-hmm. and you fix it and say, yeah. I'm not doing that again. And you go to the people and say, Oh, sorry, this is what happened. You know? Yeah. Oh, emotional um, freedom also takes humility. I just realized that. That's true. Because it's true. just the other day I said something to my husband, your father page <gasps> that I, I know that I, shouldn't have said you know it's just something that came out and and it wasn't like so terrible but but he didn't take it well and the tone was he didn't like the tone and and truthfully I mean we'll have to talk about tone another day but like <laughs> sometimes you can blow the tone oh and, yeah and it messes and it up messes the whole message up. yeah and so anyway and and I just felt like oh, you know what He's right. I probably blew that. And I just need to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Which so, is hard yeah. to do sometimes. 
Yeah. And you say, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. And that's just, and, and then, and then it heals, you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. People who are emotionally strong don't expect that they're perfect every time. Yeah. But they, and they do don't know expect what to other catch. people to be perfect either. Yeah. But they do know what to catch. They know what they see and they're willing to take a look back mm-hmm. and see if they could have improved. And I think that's a big thing. And I think it's important that they're willing to analyze it and not just react to it. Oh yeah, totally. I agree to that uh, with that because, because that's the problem is the reaction. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Oh, so true. This has been a wonderful discussion. Paige, Amen. thank you so much for joining with me. Hopefully everybody is a little bit more inspired to learn <laughs> what skills you don't know. Cause you don't know what you don't know. So it's find true. the skills, right. <laughs> and, and gain the understanding the, our relationships are, the most important parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's honestly it, why we're here. Yeah. To form bonds with people. We are put into families from the very moment that we get in this world. Yeah. And whether it's ideal or not, it is still of a Of course, <laughs> obviously some people should have had the bonds with their family and they didn't. I get that. Um, and, and that's a hardship that, you know, not everybody has to bear, mm-hmm. but, But the point is, we are supposed to all land in families with good relationships and people that will, you know, watch out for us and that we will watch out for. And those relationships teach teach us all the lessons about ourselves. Oh, yes. All the things we have to fix, all the things (laughs) that are good, all the things that, you know, if we pull away from those relationships and just choose bondage all the time, because that is what happens when you choose bondage. You pull away from the relationships and you stay in a place of isolation in bondage. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you choose emotional freedom and honesty and that you're willing to assess and recognize what's going on in your relationships, you choose skills and all that other kind of stuff. You choose to bond. Yeah. And you choose that connection in your And other people will choose to bond with you. Yes. Which is really amazing. Really amazing. So we probably already lost everybody on the podcast today because I said thank you. And then I went on here. Ah! And and hopefully people stayed to listen to that bit at the end. But if you want to find out anything more about self-government, about the skills that we've been talking about, about improving your family relationships, uniting your family and your marriage together, then go to teachingselfgovernment.com. There is so much more there. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.